This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's what this is. Let's have some fun, fellas. Yeah. I got my good friend Tom Shelf over there. Hello. The mighty Reverend in Fuego. Hello. And everybody's favorite, the nature boy, Mono Nick. Yeah. Mm. Woo. 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 You would think that we're about to interview the nature boy, Ric Flair, but that is not the case. What? We are one step closer to the nature boy, though, because we are about to talk to his daughter, the current WWE Divas Ooh. champion. Charlotte Flair is going to be joining the mix cast. We also have uh, Glennon uh, and the fellows from uh, Window Pane. They're going to be popping in in just a little bit as well. Wow. We're going to be listening to a bunch of the new songs off of the new Window Pane record, but the jam of the week, it's Killer Mike. The song is called Ric Flair. I'm going on tour, and I'm going to show anybody out there that thinks for one second that maybe I'm second guessing myself that I am the greatest of all time. Forever and ever. What surprise? What surprise? I'm back. To make it out the ice cold streets of the city You better have a Christopher Word game with it You better have a dance game similar to Diddy Or play beatballer but a rim like Smitty I've learned something What's that? There are a ton of rap songs about the Nature Boy Ric Flair And country songs There's one country song, which is great I like, I eat it I don't even remember who that is, but I love that song That was amazing But this is, I think, the best of them all Like this Killer Mike track He's done a good job of merging his song with the samples of the Nature Boy. Yeah, where you from, man? From Charlotte. You don't like the prestige that I have in life. You don't like the notoriety. You didn't trust the fact 
the way I want it. To make it at the ice cold streets of the city. Your mind state gotta be as wicked as fitted. Can't love life, sucker, then no mama it's gonna be crazy to be the nature boy and have so many people paying tribute to the point where you probably don't even realize how many people have written songs about you he's transcending genres here yeah well he's like the ultimate he's the best bad guy yeah. that's ever been in westling good like Tim and Piper down. yes different reasons absolutely different Piper was like the guy that's in a bar brawl like that jerk that's just willing to do whatever and Nature Boy was just this pompous jerk he's, yeah he was the one who was flaunting everything and then when you went to go to get him he'd have all of his boys for the backup the four right. horsemen were his men and then Nature Boy if you got your hands on him you'd probably wreck him and that happened a lot yeah did he wear purple trunks oh yeah yeah, yeah. and a sequenced robe that had a lot of oh. feathers and fur on it oh yeah yeah, it's extravagance. I don't know if Charlotte's ever going to get to the point in her career where she's got a bunch of rappers singing about it. She might not want a bunch of rappers actually singing about <laughs> her. That could be very, that could go down a very bad road. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Charlotte's kicking ass, dude, in the WWE. She uh, was just a dominant force in NXT, which is like the, the training ground, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, put on some great matches with a few other people that she liked to call the four horsewomen her, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and. Becky Lynch, mm. your girl, the steampunk girl. Oh, oh yeah. Who now, mm. when she comes out in the WWE, she's got steam shooting up from the, the right, ramp. All right, I got to start watching those videos. Yeah. And, and she's easy to look at. Yeah, yeah. I've they seen, all are. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> so, so, actually, I think the phone is ringing. Oh. So, before we, uh, oh. The girls call me Slick Rick. And all the other women around the world just say, oh, there goes the man. <laughs> All right, they I think. Uh, hi, KISW. Hi, I'm, I'm for, for Steve. Yeah, this is Steve. Okay, I'm going to connect you in with Charlotte. Oh, uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. The conference is now being recorded. Ooh. You're connected with Steve. I will now turn you over to the Divas champion, Charlotte. That's right, the champ. Wow. What's up, Charlotte? Hey, guys. How are What's you? What's up, y'all? Oh, things are great over here. I'm very happy to get to talk to you. Talk to the champ. The champ is here. Wow. <laughs> How are things going with you now that, uh, man, I have so many questions. I know we only have a little bit of time, but I, A, I just want to say congratulations on, on, on making women's wrestling something that's a, a point. It's like must watch. Now I remember, you know, I've been watching wrestling my whole life. I'm a huge fan. And, you know, sometimes you you get into a rut where you're like, oh, fast forward through this match, through this match. And but ever since like ladies like yourself and uh, and Sasha Banks and Paige and I mean the, the uh, Becky Lynch. I mean, you guys put on such awesome matches. And it's not even about like, oh, these these are ladies wrestling. It's just wrestling, man. I, I just I, I'm just really pumped. I think it's just, I'm, I'm excited about the future of the WWE and wrestling in general that you guys just bring it every time you're on television, every time you do a pay-per-view. It's just awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I I mean, that's all. The women's division, I think, has has never been stronger as a unit. Like we all are working towards the same goals, and I think that's really what helps. And the fact that the audience is even taking to that and wanting to see women wrestling, it's awesome. 
do you hope that eventually that you guys, I mean, I know you guys have the, 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 the faction in, in real life of, of the four of you and you call yourselves the four horsewomen. Do you ever hope that <laughs> you guys can turn that actually into a storyline on the WWE? Because I think it would be epic oh, if the four so of cool. you, Sasha, Becky. Oh, like, I, I hope so. You got to get Bailey up in the WWE. You got to get her up from the NXT, man. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully as soon as she drops the title. Um, no, and we actually, we all just got four horsemen t-shirts. <laughs> oh, that's weird. No, I hope, I mean, it'd be weird for all four of us to be together because as great as we are together, it's even better when we're all apart. Yeah. You know, because obviously getting to face each other, but I'm sure down down the road, you'll see us all four as a faction, which I think would be awesome. That, that would be pretty damn sweet. And, uh, and for those that don't know, uh, I think most people would realize that. And that's why I love the nod also is that your pops is uh, is the nature boy, Ric Flair. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I know that... I just I would love to know the honest answer on this one. I mean, obviously it's your pops okay. and, and you watch wrestling. An open book. Has there ever been a time that you were rooting for the other guy when they were wrestling your father, like maybe like Dusty or whoever it may be? Like you were kind of like, yeah, I want to see this guy beat my dad's ass. Uh, well, not so much for me, but my brother was the biggest American Dream fan, oh. and he'd always tell my dad that he was the best and would quote. All of the hard times promos, <laughs> the wine to dine, the kings and queens, the late and alley pork and beans. Um, so yeah, and if you ever, you know, really know my dad and Dream's background, they kind of always argued who was better on the mic. Oh, that I get and that. So yeah. for my dad to hear that, you know, Dusty had the best promos. Uh, from his own family, yeah, a big pill to swallow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've been through hard times. So yeah, <laughs> hard times. I love that. Hard times. <laughs> but, but hey, you got to talk about your. I mean, your. Po- it's funny to see how like all these football players and rappers and whoever it may be are quoting your dad's uh, promos and name checking him in rap songs. It's like I think it's crazy <laughs> as a wrestling fan that like you know. I mean, I remember when wrestling was kind of like you know people looked at me like I was crazy for loving wrestling. Of course, those days are gone and it's become such a big giant mainstream thing but there was once a time where you looked at like you're a little weird if you were a wrestling fan it's, it's it's cool for me being now a 40 year old dude seeing wrestlers getting name checked and being put in rap songs i think that's awesome i know especially like playing the rap songs for my dad because he's a total uh like tina turner uh <laughs> i mean like, i can't imagine like the, the 50s camel so I'm like, Dad, you're in this rap song, and he, he'll like raise his eyebrows and I'll be like, "Whoa!" Or I'll I'll get YouTube clips and I'll be like, because my my nickname is Winky, and he'll be like, "Hey, Wink, Wink, look at this football player that is doing the strut." So it's funny. He gets a kick awesome. out of it. Oh, that is so cool. Uh, just so everyone knows, we're talking with Charlotte Winky Flair. Uh, <laughs> Smackdown oh, is now. Okay. All right. Let's not Uh-oh. get crazy. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, Smackdown's now on the USA Network, and that's Thursday nights at 8. That's pretty cool that you guys have switched on over there. Um, I, I, like I said, I know we have to hurry up this interview, but I wanted to ask you something because uh, being a big wrestling fan, and I know that you know you busted your ass to get to the point where you're now in the WWE, did some great stuff in NXT. Do you remember the first time when you were in the squared circle whether it be nxt or the wwe because uh, for me i'm a, uh, somebody once made a sign with my name and it ended up on raw when uh the new day were doing like their weird whip and nene dance and right behind him it says steve miggs is best for business and i lost my mind 
Do you remember the first time <laughs> that you saw somebody have a sign with Charlotte? And uh, and how did that feel? And what did the sign say? A sign. Um, I don't even know if you guys noticed it. Maybe you I, like- no. Actually, actually, I do. I do. I do. It was actually an NXT though, uh-huh. not on Raw or SmackDown. But um, someone had. It was when I. Um, I guess a little bit after I debuted, someone had a huge nature girl sign. And I had never thought to call myself the nature girl. I was like, oh, yeah, the nature girl. But it was on NXT television or the network. So I was like, there's a sign and it says nature girl. So I thought that was pretty cool. You're like, why didn't I think of that? This fan didn't I? Why didn't I think of that? That's so great. Uh, Charlotte, one last thing. I, know. I, I wanted to get it from your mouth. I've heard the rumor that once you brought Macho Man Randy Savage to a show and tell as a kid. Is that true? I did. I did. That's amazing. You just you won that day at that point. You won forever. No one will ever have a better show and tell. I know, but the thing is, my class was so used to have, like, I have a picture of, of me and my dad, and I had his world heavyweight uh, belt with me, like the old school one, the big oh, gold one. Huge one, and yeah. I, my class was so used to me bringing like random, <laughs> like my dad or wrestlers. It wasn't like, oh, they, they're probably just a, another guy. Oh wow, <laughs> I would have lost my because mind. A million dollar man came and ate lunch with me too one day. Did he bring Virgil with him? <laughs> no. Did he pay? <laughs> Virgil would have charged. <laughs> So, no, I mean, it was, uh, yeah. Oh, man, well, I don't want to keep you. I know you got a bunch of interviews to do. It, 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 I'm very, very happy as a wrestling fan. Uh, I've loved everything that you've been doing. And, and like, I'm one of those guys that's like, I wish you could go back in NXT because the matches are longer. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking this is baby steps to one day the WWE. Baby steps, baby steps. And, and, and there'll, yes. there'll come a day where you'll be able to have those long matches in the WWE, and it's going to be mind-blowing. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, and SmackDown, now on the USA Network, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Thanks, guys. Take care. So we got in studio. We got the boys in window pane. We got Tony. We got Glenn. Good morning. Uh, hello there, guys. Nice hello. to see you, as always. Yeah. yeah. This is an exciting time. Usually, yeah, the last time we had you in, we jammed out uh, with my cell phone. That's right. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, didn't, right. I don't have the app <laughs> ready. Your drum kit. Yeah. The, the footage of that is epic. Just I mean, get up on yeah, the microphone you know, it's so pretty that incredible. Get up on that. Kiss that. I was going for that tip. that cave effect. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, we threw Glenn down in a well. He refuses to rub the lotion on his skin. Uh, therefore. He will be getting the hose again. <laughs> so, uh, you got the show on Saturday. So, today is Tuesday the 12th. Yep. So, it's the 16th, Saturday the 16th at the show box. I'm going to be there. I think Sweet. I think almost the entire radio station. If anyone ever wanted to meet anybody from our radio station, they might want to go to a window pane show. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is so cool, man. Because I keep hearing everybody in the hallways. Well, Ryan sent me the list, and it was just a list that ended with the word cool. With a question mark. <laughs> I know. That was like, yeah, it's cool, man. Of course. It's like, uh, here's our staff directory. Can you just put everybody on the list? Well, that was part of the thing we talked about on the on the promoter side was, you know, if Showbox looks at that and goes, hey, look at the size of this list. We'll be like, it's Loud and Local Presents. Here's the amount of, you know, this is what they brought to the table promotion-wise. So, right. yes, these people will be coming in, and you're going to food and drink them. Right. And they're going to talk about the experience, and it's going to be a blast. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's all about just, you know, it's one hand washing the other, I guess. Right. But 
it's kind of cool. And I think about it, I'm like, I don't know any other band, like local bass band. I mean, obviously, besides like a Pearl Jam or Alice in Chains, but a band that's, you know, plugging away and, and doing their thing that the entire staff is like, yeah, I got to go. And that's got to be, it's got to feel, I, I don't know. Not, oh, it, 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 it know feels I mean? great. But I, I think, you know, over the years, I've personally gotten hammered with the entire staff at one point or another. Once or twice. But no, it's 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 a cool thing. I mean, we've uh, a lot of it spawned from the new originals, man. You know, Amisha from Witchburn invited me to come jam with the new originals, and that mm-hmm. was the beginning of me getting to meet like a lot of you cats. Right. And we just developed friendships, and yeah. so of course it's it's amazing to know that all our friends from you know one of the biggest rock radio stations in the country are going to be at the show. But by the same token, it's just man, all of our friends are going to be there. Exactly. So you know, it's a uh, it's a cool thing. It's a family affair man it's, it's, it's like a it's a destination show i think for a lot of us because we know the grind that you guys put in to to, to create oh, what yeah. is right here in my hand <laughs> yeah. which is the cd i can't wait for the vinyl uh i've be, been uh, geeking out on we're vinyl excited stuff. about that too there's it's an interesting thing i mean the resurgence in vinyl has been so massive that there's only you know five six eight places left in the world that really do it and do it well huh. so we went to a place that was recommended um our buddy brett that had done a bunch of vinyl pressing with rem said hey this place is really good and they've been fantastic to deal with but it's a seven month wait the queue is that deep so for all of our kickstarter fans that are hearing this we're all over your vinyl look for it in seven to eight months because <laughs> we're behind pearl jam and whoever else is getting vinyl pressed dude you know? it's funny you said because you and i we bond over faith no more hell we went to the faith no more show when it was at the paramount Which together was killer oh my goodness it was amazing <laughs> but I ordered, I pre-ordered the vinyl, and all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, the album came out, and I still don't What's have the vinyl. What's your wait time? Did they tell you? It, it, I, I can't remember when the album came out, but it was like six, seven months after, because I had a printing error, and they're like, we can send you this vinyl, but it's not to our liking, and I, there's an issue with the sound of it. Yeah. So, like, so we got to go through the process all over again, and Bill Gould, the bassist, sent out in, in, in person. That would have been cool if he emailed me personally, but- Hey, Steve, it's Billy. Hey, listen. Hey, Billy's here. <laughs> Appreciate you liking the band. We can't get you to vinyl uh but he 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 spelt it out and i i appreciated though it was like full disclosure look there was a mix-up we don't want to give you a crap product they got to go put it out they got to redo it and it's a process Mm -hmm. and i was like damn is it that big of a process but it sounds like it and it was like a six seven month process to get that faith no more album even though i pre-ordered it well and they probably had a date that lined up with their release date but since there's an error they're back in the queue and uh yeah and then they're waiting that long yeah waiting that long Uh, yeah you you know that had to suck for them because here's 18 years since they put out an album (laughs) and then they don't get to put out the vinyl what's one more year come on man (laughs) what you waited this long kids you can wait a little bit longer here's the digital download but I was was fortunate enough because with myself and uh, BJ also a few other people here at the station we all kicked in cash for the Kickstarter yeah thank you Uh, we were sitting there signing packages the other night the the band that's a personal thing we don't need Uh, to talk about that uh, yeah (laughs) well so BJ and Steve came by and it was kind of a can you clean up my coin purse sort of no that's not what happened at all (laughs) But uh, it's it's funny because, you know... um Tony's wife Sabelle's reading off the names and we're just kind of assembly line going through these and then yeah. you know she'd say you know Carl like hey to Carl thanks so much saying to BJ be like BJ BJ is that oh sweet yeah, yeah. okay yeah. you know so yeah was, thank you guys thank you guys for helping make it happen well and even the promotional side of it you guys had me on listeners on the loose and the, the podcast yep. um, the station did a lot we feel to help make the record happen which thank you guys so yeah. so much that's that, why we're coming up here and throwing around like candy because it's like you guys sort thanks. of made this happen you really helped us on the kickstarter front with the promotional side 
Um, That's my favorite so yeah, thing. It's your record too, you know. Damn straight it is. I'm looking forward to putting my album out on <laughs> <Yeah>. Saturday. <laughs> He's already charging me royalties. I'm like, we're giving them away. He's like, you know, you owe me negative negative twelve cents. Uh, I see you handed out six CDs. What's going on? I need that kickback. This I've got some free, pocket man. lint on me. I'm a there donor. I'm, a, I'm an investor in window pane. I want my kickbacks. <laughs> uh, we'll sign I'm, your package. Yeah. All right. We only pay in tears. <laughs> I'm turning the lights up. But you got like twenty three thousand dollars. Dedicated, donated. Yeah. I don't even know how, what yeah. the proper term is with Kickstarter, but funded. I guess pledged. I think pledged. pledged yeah. yeah, thank that's you. The term twenty three thousand um, in, in less than twenty eight days. Isn't that insane? Yeah. And it wasn't one of those things where it ramped slowly. Or, uh, like most of those Kickstarters, you see they sit low and then they jump way high at the end because right. everyone goes, "Oh God, they're not going to make it." I don't want to sound that way, but we kind of cruised right into it, like to yeah. the point where we were going, "Oh wow, it's happening. Oh, this is going to happen." This is, hey, we're going to be okay. And it just, everyone those don't know. really, really, it was such a, I just got goosebumps, man. It was such a cool feeling. And, and for those that don't know about Kickstarter, if you don't hit the goal, you don't, you don't get, get anything. You don't get the money. You don't, nobody yeah. gets charged. Exactly, so there's a, I had a buddy who was working on a documentary, and it's a powerful one. And you know, I donated some money, and I was like keeping tabs on it and never made the goal. And I'm like, oh, that's just a, a kick oh, in the junk, you know, because yeah. it's like, yeah. but it's nice to know that you have all those people. And I think with music, that's what I love about Kickstarter, because I'm, kind of anti the crowdfunding thing depends but with, on the situation you but know? With, it, very true and with with music at least it's like hey if i'm donating 20 bucks and i'm getting a cd well it's no different than me going to the yeah. show pledging you know or pledging 20 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever it is it's it's really no different it's just investing ahead of time and eventually i'll get what i paid for yeah which i would i think is pretty cool about kickstarter i think it really works well for bands that are trying to figure out their way especially when you know as you guys said the documentary with the record label fairy there is no record label fairy <laughs> yeah. this is kind of a way to get around that okay okay a label's not going to help us put this album out but our fans will when you're, you're sort of advanced purchasing the product mm -hmm. so hey man look if you want this album and you're willing to buy a digital download for 10 bucks right now instead of waiting till after we put it out where's the difference there and that's what we found and the other side of it that was really cool was 99% of the people that bought the digital download bought a hard copy as well. Right. So boom, bang. And then, you know, some of the, the higher tiers, we did cool stuff where, you know, we'll play a show anywhere you want. I don't care if it's in your living room. And then that had... Have you heard from anyone? Uh, Do you know where one of those no, shows... We, we still don't know when or where, but it's, it's going to oh. happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. I don't care if it's a hot tub party. Like, woohoo! You know, That'd be you know. cool. That sounds amazing. Yeah, My little know. brother's bought mitzvah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Which is also a hot tub party. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I'm not even Jewish, but I have a little brother who's having a Jewish event. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's, whatever has to have to happen for window pane. We'll play little Jimmy's Briss, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Thank you. I, I'm gonna you guys are so exciting. <laughs> oh, oh Rev's the only one that got the Briss reference. Oh, I got it. We don't need that, man. Oh, rumple foreskin. Oh, We're just going to use a guitar string for this. Oh. 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 Yeah, it. It. Come on, Tony. Just do it for Mama. Just come on. <laughs> I think there's a website for that, isn't there? I Probably. Said, <laughs> so I get the digital download. Uh, I send you a text after I listen to it probably for like three straight days. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's so much I want to say, and, and we'll get to some of the music as well. Like originally I was like, ah, you know, we can have you come in acoustic, but I'd rather play the music off of this album that That's you busted cool. your ass awesome. on because, yeah. I mean, you guys put your heart and soul into this, and, and it shows. It's heavy. It's There's a sincerity. Um your drummer, Sean, I, like I mentioned in the text, I've yeah. always loved, I mean, you've had so many great drummers um, that I remember that are good people and talented guys, but there's something, it's kind of like, not comparing you guys to Nirvana, obviously different sounds, but Chad Channing is an amazing drummer, mm -hmm. but there's something that Dave Grohl brought, and it's yeah. not even about the drum parts, it's about it's that energy that he has, and, and, and Sean, your drummer, 
there's an energy to this album, even on the slower songs. When he kicks in, you feel that yep. that boom. Uh, it, it's just Sean hits so hard. Yeah, Sean you can hits hear it harder on than any other drummer I've ever played with. It's it's uh, it, yeah. It's a challenge to be in the room with him in rehearsal. <laughs> He's always like, "You want me to hit? You, I don't have to." And we're like, "No, dude, do your thing. I'm right. just going to get further away from you." <laughs> and um, I might have to get a booster on my end. We, we felt that too. We auditioned. You know, when when Kevin made the decision to leave, we auditioned some really talented guys. And Sean, who was singing and playing guitar and fronting a band called No Ground at the time, we didn't even really know that he was a drummer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Can I? You know, we're we're friends with him." We're like. Well, okay, it's Sean. Let's have Sean. Do him now. a favor. We'll have some Kinda, beers. Yeah, we'll jam with our buddy, dude. Yeah. You know, it'll and be fun. We'll do some covers. He played, and we all went, <laughs> "Oh, oh, oh, God!" You know, and one of the first songs he played was "Underfoot," which at the time was unreleased, but there was a fan EP we did. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Let's do Underfoot," and we're like, "Oh, that one's kind of tricky, man. It changes speeds a lot, and it's it's really like even Kevin doesn't always nail it." He's like, "I like it. Let's play it," and we're like, "Okay," and he nailed it. Well, let's listen to it. And well, we, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. listen and we'll talk this, a little this, bit this about it. This was the song that landed Sean his job, and he's been miserable ever since. It's the first song <laughs> of the new record, Underfoot. I think my neighbors hate me because of this song. When I, first, I got a new Bose sound system for Christmas. And so once I got the digital download, I'm like, it's like Bluetooth. I'm like, let's go. And I just jacked in full volume. Lulu dug it, though. Imagine you fall off his treadmill? What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> We we're talking over it. Yeah, that's that, yeah. Yeah, feel free talking oh, to Mike. Talking yeah, over this yeah. Song. This is, it's kind of oh. like I said. The way this I do like director's commentary. You know, I do the podcast when we listen to music. A they they always tell us we can't play full songs because of uh, downloading issues. I'm oh. sure you guys wouldn't sue us, but I promise not to. It, it, it's kind of now become. The music is almost like us in a room listening to tunes and talking about the tunes that we're listening to on the podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah chime well, in. What I was going to say was, I mean, you're a drummer, so you get it in that you heard that intro. It's just crazy, the crazy kick drum floor tom thing. Yeah. But then it's, it drops into a big halftime swing. Right. It has to feel like a pendulum. And e- even when we're playing that as a band, it's a real tough moment to lock up right on because it's supposed to suddenly go from that, you know, Harley Davidson at idle to a big old groove. Right. And that's what we didn't always, I mean, Kevin wrote that drum part, and we didn't always nail it, because it's really challenging that first day in. Sean nailed that pocket, and we're all in verse one going, did that just happen? Yeah, because yeah, that, that was the moment. Like, He's our guy. Yeah. yeah. So um, how many songs off of this record were written before Sean joined the band, do you think? Uh, there were maybe some, like, some, like, infant yeah. uh, versions of them, but maybe Two or three, you know, underfoot uh, welfare line, but the, none of them were actually realized. You know, I mean, other than like underfoot and yes. everything else, I think. Uh, yeah, I think everything else, I think right? Everything, yeah. yeah. Like, there was a demo version we were kicking around of words and nothing more. Mm-hmm. Um, we had tinkered with it, man. Like we might have had one or two versions of it in the raw in Pro Tools to see if it was even something that was going to go anywhere, but. I would say most of this happened, you know, with Sean. Because he had to have brought an energy to the band that 
got your creative, both of you guys. I oh, mean, completely. Your completely. creative juice is just yes. flowing. Yes. He brought a totally different side out of us. And See, was, kids, it, drummers it awesome, are important. You know? That's all. That's the only reason why I have you guys on. I really don't care about your songs. I just <laughs> wanted to prove that drummers are important. You, you, you just got to think of it this way. The drummer is your spine. Yeah. yeah. So if, if your spine's weak, then you're basically just a head sitting on hips, which is disturbing as hell. Yeah. Um, you know, you, it's your drummer's your spine, man. Without that, you don't. If you don't have a good rhythm section, you ain't got nothing. It's funny, my uh, wife can tell when I don't dig a drummer <laughs> because, like, I'm like kind of playing the drums on my. Like, if we're at a show, I'm playing them on my 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 thighs, like trying to like. Come on, follow my hands, bitch. Like, let him sit on my wife. I'm he not keeps pulling me out of pocket. He's yeah. pulling me out of the pocket. I'm leaving. Let's go to the bar. Yeah, she's like, you're not feeling this drummer, are you? I'm like, he's just hurting the songs. <laughs> he's hurting the songs. That is painful to hear, man. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yes. yes. Dude. I got, we got to talk about the recording process because so you yeah. get all this money, $23,000. Now, some people might think, hey, let's just put a couple thousand into the record and put the rest in our it's pocket. It's gone. You, it's oh, gone. I don't okay, even we are finding ask. more money to fulfill all the Kickstarter stuff. Uh-huh. And we're really hoping to make, make a lot of money on Saturday to make sure we can do it. We yeah. have more stuff lined up to make sure that everyone's going to get everything. But it was almost a, a blessing that vinyls are seven months backed up because oh. we were like, oh my God, where are we going to find this extra three grand to make these vinyls? Right. You know, and and all these numbers, you know, so so yeah, we spent every dime and then some to make sure that it's, well, that was the point, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted two-inch tape. We wanted London Bridge. We wanted that sound. Right. I mean, I mean, for those that don't know, London Bridge, anything that came out of the 90s, I would say. Oh, Pearl Jam 10, uh, Chains, Facelift, Dirt, Mother Love Bone. Candlebox. Yeah, candle, exactly. Yeah, I mean, a ton. Anything and everything. There's, you know? There's got to be a certain... Spe- I don't, I'm not like a earthy, spirity guy, but in a sense, but there's got to be an energy in that room. It's be- a thing, dude. Because there's a history. That's the piano Chloe Dancer was done on. You know, it's, oh. it's cool, dude. Wait, yeah. So the piano that you guys use on, on the, the more, more I run, run. Right. is, yeah. Yeah. I wonder why right. I love, right. I why I love that song that. so much. As far as we can tell, we researched that and dug around, and it's interesting because that record was done out of a studio in LA, except the Chloe Dancer thing, I think, yeah. is in two parts. Uh-huh. And we think, we're pretty sure, because they did, what was it? What was their EP uh, called? Plum, Plum Said, that's the piano. Okay. Yep. So uh, as far as, yeah, I think right. that's the Chloe piano. Shine. Shine's the EP. Shine is the EP. And that has the full version with Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Yep. So that's yes. If we're all yes, but yes. Uh, the thing too it, on, on a techie gear side was we were, we were looking at a couple different studios. We're all gearheads, so feel free. Yeah. Really, man, it was that Neve console. That's what. That's why we decided to go there. We looked at a couple different facilities. They were all killer, mm-hmm. um, and we went there for that board. Um, just for those preamps, it's it's kind of was it kind of came down to that, you know, and that's because um, when you watch um, what is it, Sound City, Sound City, seventy three Neve, they have a seventy three Neve. Oh, it's the same thing. Same Same year, same board, same... Because you saw Sound City, and you you really, like, the the documentary really revolves around that soundboard. That's, like, like the star of the the documentary. There's a real just kind of organic, punchy, it it just sounds like you're in a room with someone. That's interesting, because, I mean, when I listen to this record, I mean, it's hard to tell when, like, 
obviously so many things are now done pro tools and people do either really great jobs or some where you're like, Ooh, those drums do sound very digitally recorded. <laughs> yeah. Your album does have a warmth to it. Uh, there is like a, a timeless, it's 110% organic. I mean, even in the mixing phase, Brett's approach to mixing was he and Brett's the guy, Brett, Brett, oh, Brett Elias and our who, producer who produces Pearl Jam um, and he's done. Yeah. He does all of their live stuff. Yeah. Um, and more, and he was the audio supervisor for Pearl Jam 20, but you know, he's done like, that the Armenian Freedom concert that's going to be coming out for System of a Down, he he did Jeez. that. How did you meet him? I mean, because you you've worked with him since I've known oh, you man. guys back when um, Mike was your drummer. I remember when uh, I got to meet his wife through the music community, and she had our EP at the time was called Index Sessions, right? Mm-hmm. And he was home from tour. He was working in front of house for Pearl Jam, and literally walked through the living room and went, "Who's that?" And he called me, and it's in the movie. I talk about it. When he called me, I thought for sure someone was pranking me. He's like, like "This is rib. who I am," <laughs> and he's like, "What I'd like to do is get you guys in the studio on spec. I'll just come out of pocket for it, and then we can shop it around because I think the band's good enough that we can get some things going on." And he was really excited. He's like, "Now I'm leaving for tour. I'm going to be gone for about two months with Pearl Jam, and I'll call you when I get back." And I'm like, "Sure, you will." Right? <laughs> <laughs> Can Pearl Jam wait? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just I kept waiting for someone to be like, "Ah, sorry, Glenn, we had to. I know it was cruel. You can go cry." now but no it was legit and he was home like two days and called me back and that was the beginning of that relationship and then of course that turned into a, a friendship he's a wonderful guy his wife's a wonderful lady he seems like an awesome dude on the documentary yeah, just from, they're, yeah they're great people and they really he really cares about brett found a great niche in the industry where he does all of the five one and live stuff that's really yep. he found his niche and a lot of that had to do with he had a hard time dealing with with musicians, and I, I guess I would go ahead and say just like egos. Mm-hmm. So you get into a, a situation where you're trying to work with someone and create something great, and if they're they're bucking you the whole time, he threw his hands up. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. So he found a killer niche where he doesn't have to deal with some guy. You know, he can right. just sit down and hey, here's your mix, and they go, oh wow, this came out great, thank you, and boom. Because they have faith in him. Yeah. Yeah. So how great did that feel for you? I mean, you're a guy that's been doing music for all your life. Um, uh, like myself and, and, and anything, even with radio, like anything that involves art and creativity. How great was it for you to, I mean, I would imagine that's got to be the ultimate self-esteem booster to make you realize what you're doing is worth all the time, worth all the energy. When you have a guy like him who's, you know, he's been around the block a couple times. He's seen a couple pretty amazing bands go up yeah, the ranks and yeah. to have him seek you out and say, hey, what you are doing, what your music is worth my time. That's gotta feel good. It 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 does. And it's gotta help. Like I even don't know. The, creatively, I mean, you gotta understand when when we say produced. I mean, we put together the songs. We sent him uh, the songs to listen to, and he would make his notes. And he'd come down to rehearsal, and it was literally a, okay, guys, look, that bridge is awesome, but let's hear the song without it. Let's pull that bridge <laughs> out. Um, let's cut verse two, maybe lagging. Let's go ahead and cut verse two and a half. And it's then like, hey, I love having you and your girl over, dude, but hey, come over for the party and what? don't bring her this literally, time. Literally, he he's kind of like the fifth member. <laughs> The band. That's one of those things where you get so deep into it that you you don't really have a clear view, maybe of mm-hmm. what you, you can't see the forest for the trees, and um, and so he functions with us with us on that level, and literally down to little things like, okay, hey Mark, when Sean does that turnaround, you two aren't quite locking. And Mark would be like, man, I've been playing this song for three months and didn't realize I wasn't locking up with him right there. So it's that kind of stuff because he's outside of it. Mm-hmm. And so, and some of those ideas stick. Some of them are like, oh, so that was a bad idea. But literally, it gets right into the arrangement of what's best for the material and. The point of that whole little ramble is trust. We yep. trust this guy, and we work with him as a unit. He is kind of the fifth member of the band, especially when it comes to arrangement and songwriting. And that relationship's invaluable. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it's really 
because he's good at what he does. And we listen to our songs and go, man, we'll listen to an early demo of it versus Brett's, you know, Very just good. little changes. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's cut that bridge in half and let's move that guitar solo to here. What? Eh, try it there. Just see. Just see if it works. And then you hear what we had come up with versus what he came up with. It's like, man, I just didn't see that. And he really did. And, that, and that's exciting. That's cool. That's what it's supposed to be about, yeah. right? Yeah. You're supposed to have that kind of relationship and not just someone who's just going to turn on all the switches and, and take your money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he actually those cares. guys are out there, too. Oh, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Peter Parker might have tried to make a second record with one of those guys. And it's kind of never got released because of that reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this made me think that that guy, I remember one time we go in there and he's uh, he's like, guys, I'm just really hurting, but we'll, we'll get this session done. And I'm like, well, what happened? He goes, I did a bunch of acid last night. And I'm like, thanks, man. This is my life and I'm poor, but thank you for your time. Right. We've just busted. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, so he does, he tells us that. We're like, all right, we'll, we'll soldier on, man. We, we've heard some of his stuff. It's pretty cool. We finish it all. The next time we go in there to mix, he goes, God, I'm really sorry. I'm like, well, what? He goes, I'm going to need you to record your cymbals again. I'm like, my cymbals? He's like, <laughs> oh, dude. I don't know what happened, man. You know, there's a ghost in here, and I think a the ghost. ghost recorded over the overheads. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, you're effing with me, right? Like, like a joke. You're just pranking me. He's like, no. He, he plays it. And I'm like... So you want me to bring back all my drums? So is it like a digga digga? It's like digga digga digga. Oh, there's a symbol. Kind of hear it. I'm like, you dick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what you mean is you were hung over and forgot to turn on the overheads? Right, yeah. right. But it's funny. I think about acid, and I didn't realize that the name window paint isn't that like a type of acid. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's all the, the longest time I never knew what that meant. I was watching some kind of a documentary, and, they, and it brings up window pane. And it's it, in ours. We explain it in ours. Yeah. I yeah. apologize to my parents. <laughs> oh, dude, I was in a band for four months before I knew that. Yeah, I've known these guys for years. <laughs> amazing. When we were a three-piece, you'd always run into an older cat, because it was, it was a really potent acid um, called four-way window pane, and we dropped the four-way, um, and it was this sort of the late 70s, 80s. By the time I was eating as much acid as I did. We should have called the band like Blotter, right? Mm-hmm. But um, you'd always mm-hmm. run into an older cat and he'd be like, hey, when we were a three-piece, where's the fourth hit? And he'd be like, ah, that guy knows. In fact, I should chat with him. He might know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned um, the song, uh, The More I Run. Uh, the piano used on that was the piano used for uh, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns. As, as far as we know, as far as we can verify, you know what, we're, yes. we're going with it. We're, we're, we're yes. gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna stand by. <laughs> well, I shot a disclaimer because it'll be that one person like you guys lie, and I'm coming to your house to burn it down. And it's like, man, I, I just wanted to make a record. I'm not trying to make anyone right. mad. Right, know? we're not trying to like bank off of this, but yeah. I think that's really interesting because we that's, too, we were excited about it. When I texted you guys. Uh, is Scott Plum the same guy that, that uncovered the John, Chevy? John oh, Plum, yeah. There's a Scott Plum. We talked with the girls. Tony's texting him now just yes. so we can actually go on record. I'm going to verify this right now. I'm <laughs> trying to be very car- careful about that. You know, I texted you saying that's one of my favorites uh, yeah. off of the record. And I'm typically a guy that likes the heavy, you know, just balls to the wall songs. But when I listened to that song and I was just like, man, this song. Some way or some shape, if it gets in the hands of the right people, I could see that in a movie. I could yeah, see that. I feel pretty good about that. One, I could hear that on the radio. I mean, there's a lot of songs I can I can thank feel you, that with. Thank but, you, thank you. But let's play that song. Yes, yes. Because uh, I love it. And now knowing that there's, we'll find out potentially. Soon. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna hold. There's on. a lawsuit involved with this song <laughs> until it's confirmed. We're not playing it. Uh, no, okay. Let's let's listen to the more I run. This is a uh, window pane. Uh, man, great song. How do you spell Chloe? C 
C-H-A-L-O-E. Thank you. It's a group effort. We should ask Toppy. He knows how to spell Toppy. You heard that song, Clon Dancer? <laughs> Chlorine Dancer? That's a good song. Maybe I should see. Maybe I should hang on just one more time. You know what's funny when I heard this? All I thought is, because we've always joked about doing like a little side project yeah, thing. we still need to. We have to. And all I think is, we got to do some kind of a Mother Love Bone song. Like, I feel, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I feel like that, that, there's oh, a Mother Love Bone vibe to it. Yeah. I've always wanted to do Star Dog. I've always wanted to cover Star Dog or Bone oh, yeah. China. I've oh. always wanted to cover. Um, a lot of people do um, Stargazers. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Gentle Groove was uh, our our wedding song. That's what we danced to. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a couple on there that I'd love to. Their music means but a lot. I, yeah, dude. There's a couple of those songs I'd love to rip out at some point. Oh, here comes the cool part. Yeah. Balls. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Verified from John Palm. Oh, that the is the check. piano. The blue check the is verified. The blue check is verified. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Same piano. Wow. Verified from the owner of London Bridge, John Plum. Dude, that is... John, we love you, buddy. Thank you for that. That's cool. That is cool. I mean, seriously, that's really freaking cool. Myth confirmed. So, I'll get into story mode. We were... We had talked about this song. And this is a song you performed acoustic on the last yeah. time you guys were on. We did Lady Jessica and this. Yeah. No, yeah, we did this song. Yeah. Um, but we'd always played it the way I played on guitar. That's how the band developed it. And we'd always talked about, look, when we get into the studio, maybe a Fender Rhodes or a Baby Grand, and we should tinker with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we end up at London Bridge, and there sits the infamous piano. Um, and it was we were getting ready to take a break and go out and get some grub. And I sat down and started to kind of peck it out on the piano. And Sean Morrison, our drummer, he comes in. Turns out he can play piano better than me, too. There's nothing that guy can't do, man. <laughs> but um, Frickin drummer. he came in and started key, He started helping me build it. So Sean and I kind of flesh it out. The next thing you know, Tony's walked in. And Mark's walked in. And Brett's walked in. And everyone's kind of like, oh, oh, man. you know. And then Brett's like, hey, look, let's do verse one. We're going to dump a bridge turnaround right in the middle there. We'll have Tony flying a bit of a guitar thing. Tony runs out of the room to grab a guitar to start developing it. And he's like, and you're going to put verse two right there, and you're going to write a verse three. And I'm like, all right, man. And we just start putting it together. But we all, it was one of those things, like you see in the movies, it never really happens because poor people don't have the kind of time to write music in the studio. <laughs> um, but the whole band was gathered around this piano, and then Tony comes in with this gorgeous 335, plays that little lead that happens in the turnaround. Everyone's got hair stand up on the back yeah. of their necks. And so there it is. And I think I could have played it, but turns out one of the engineers there, a guy named Dave West, so we go to this Mexican restaurant where there's this gorgeous hostess. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It was terrifying, man. I mean, I didn't, I didn't write down her license plate number or anything. Uh, she had some sweet tamales. Twice. Oh, she was so hot. It was weird, man. It was like, what's she doing here? You know, like, she was that hot. So anyway, that made us all imbibe a lot of tequila. And so we got back to the studio pretty well lubricated. And um, Dave West was sitting there playing the piano. And he's a hell of a pianist. So we're like, Dave, look, would you, I'll show you the part, and then you play it the way a proper pianist could, and and would you want to do this on the record? And he's like, well, yeah, man, you know, so we, we kicked him some ducats, and he's the guy that did the actual performance and played it beautifully. Yeah. That's the story of how all that came together. Oh, Jonathan just said, awesome, thank you. What was that for? No, we said, uh, this sa- this is also the same piano that, uh, is on Pearl Black, Jam. Black Pearl Jam. Black. Hey! Wow. 
Not nearly as awesome as Chloe Dancer, but it's still pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. well, that's cool, man. Wow. We should tell people about that. That's some cool history Six right there. Six months after we made our record, we found out for sure that... <laughs> All right, awesome. another addition to the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is pretty damn cool. That's, that's, I didn't know that. That's some yeah, great history right that there. That's, that's that, really cool. And, and the song itself is maybe that had something to do with just the magic of the song. Because yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm not usually the ballady guy as far as being my favorite off of a record. I always like those songs, but that's that song. And uh, and the other song that's a favorite is uh, Welfare Line. Oh yeah, thanks. Just because like. Let's listen to that one too. Yeah, We're probably yeah. gonna listen to the whole record. I, I mean, love it. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's gonna uh, be, for this one because it takes a turn in it that I wasn't expecting musically, and oh, I think okay. people will realize it when when they listen to it where. as well. Okay, yeah, because I it's just it's the bunches. The bunches. All right. Well, yeah. let's let's listen to it. I'll point <laughs> out. Again, this is Window Pane, the new record, self-titled, and it comes out on Saturday, right? Saturday, Showbox Market, shows all ages. Come down, hang out with us. I'll please. be doing the stage introduction. Yes, that's wow. right. What should I wear? Uh, 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 a I love this part here too. So cool. Right here. Yeah. Just not. I wasn't expecting. Like, Sean made this part cool. Sean really Is made this part cool. When, when when he came in with that tom thing over that that pre-chorus, we were like, dude. That's it's, when it really came to life, you know. What well, makes this part pop even more? Because yeah, exactly. it's like, oh, we'll take a little bit of a breather. We kind of tone it down for a second, then boom, falls in your face. No. Balls in your face or balls? Balls. balls. Yeah, it was definitely balls. Totally balls. Totally. Oh, there you go. Balls. There you go, ladies. Yes, yes, yes. It's got like, I don't know, like eight balls on this record, right? Uh, before and after. Uh, so tired, but I gotta keep writing. That could be the treatment for this music video. Glenn, your voice sounds so incredible on this record. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's interesting, too, like, uh, knowing that it all had to be grabbed on tape, I really psyched myself out about that. And sure enough, when it came time for me to start singing, my voice was 70% hash. So I ended up doing what I could. We had to piece it all together. What was really missing was my high, high register. So uh, I would sing this verse and that verse and this pre-chorus and one past this chorus and damn stop. Wow. And the next day I'd bang out three tunes like full voice just belting. Hey, I had a good day. And so it was really, I think, well, I caught a bit of a bug and it was also psychological. Stress. It was like really, yeah, I was very, very stressed about, okay, we have X amount of time. If I get a, It was still 14 dude. tracks in 14 days. We had time and that Gosh. was part of the thing. But to be in a studio that way, really... 14 tracks, 14 days, it is not a lot of time. No, because there's a lot of time being put into setup, getting the right tones. Yeah. I mean, it's... Exactly, yeah. It's not like you just walk in, turn on a microphone, and then boom, album's done. In the end, I mean, it all came together really well, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I was I was wigged out, man, and I, I think that was part of, especially it was, the, one of the first ones I went after was that ACDC song. And I was just completely wigged out. Which you guys played on Live Day, which was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Um, But I started singing that song and just was crawling out of my own skin. And it sort of came out in the tracks. 
And uh, I remember, I think we had done three passes, and Brett was like, well, let, me keep, let me get one more, see what comes out of you. And around that time, I had lost, like, all hope. And I got done with that pass, and he was like, dude, where'd that come from? I'm like, huh? Really? He's like, go again. And so it was those last two where I literally was like, I'm never going to be able to get this right, where I just sang, like, I don't know. But it was one of those moments, like, they were like, you need to come hear what you just did. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of it's like that. It's just really raw, and I mean, you can hear that I'm a complete raw nerve, and I'm stressed out and sick and angry. I can hear broke. the anger. I can hear the, I don't hear the sickness. Uh, but that right lends well to the performance. That stress. It does. It does. It does. You, know? you know? Well, that's where most of these songs came from. I, I mean, say. frustrated, angry. It's like, dude, really? Yeah. You know, it's it's like this tune. We had just gotten off the Five Finger Death Punch tour. And uh, uh, lots of people on their bench loved us. And they really wanted us with their company. Problem was, their company really couldn't afford to take on a new band at that time. Right. So it's like, dude, after that... After all that, I mean, it's uh-huh. just, you know, sat down and actually listened to a lot of uh, 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 Muddy Waters at the time and uh, the song I'm Ready. If you listen to that, which, of course, you know, no one would make that, you know, put that together. But that riff was inspired by the riff on that song. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, kind of similar thing. And uh, and yeah, but then it's like sit down and start doing it. Dude, just anger. <laughs> just anger. Well, you know, and I pass it to Glenn and Glenn yeah. and, and, and the melodies and everything Glenn can make. He's like, dude, do you, do you like these? And I'm like, dude, yes. We had been talking with a guy over there at Prospect Park that was really an, an avid fan of the band and they love the band, but that was the thing. They said, right now for the label, too great of a financial risk, but you need to keep in touch with us. You need to send us anything you're doing. And we were like, okay. And I was like, well, dude, you know, no problem. Thanks so much. I'm glad that you guys are loving the band. Can't wait to get you the new stuff. And I'm like, you got any advice for me? And he said, man, I don't know what to tell you, brother. Do something bold. And that became kind of a joke, you know, for us. Like, ah, well, do something bold. And one of the first things that Tony brought back to us after all that was the the body of what became Welfare Line. Hmm. And you listen to some of some of those turnarounds and some yeah. of those breaks. They throw and you for a you loop could tell he was yeah. angry, but he was also like, okay, how far can I push the envelope of a radio rock, you know, radio friendly rock song? Without going, you know, clear to the realm of System of Down, who's also a band that we both love. Right. Um, so he brought that music for Welfare Line. I'm like, Gah! and he had this great Steven Tyler kind of ragtime chorus. Tony, he was like, man, I just got this thing. He said, I want what everyone wants. It was kind of this Tyler esque jazzy dance thing. He's like, I don't know where to go from there. So he fed me all that. And then, yeah, I came back with, well, here's what I, the lyrics I came up with. What do you think? And yeah, just. Well, that's cool. But it was all inspired by anger. And then I just remember. One of the last things we had heard was, hey, man, do something bold. And the first thing Tony brought back around was Welfare Line. I was like, well done. (laughs) That'll work. Yeah, send that to him. I would imagine you've already sent that guy. Not yet. We're going to. I'm anxious to reach out to him. You've got to let him know that that song is what inspired you're responsible yeah I mean because you know what you and Muddy Waters man if he knows that regardless of what happens at least you know he's gonna focus on that song Uh, totally you know what I mean the problem is in this record in the current record industry that guy's probably been replaced six times by now true true (laughs) if you're out there brother I hope you still have a job yeah for you guys I mean I've been hearing these stories and the documentary tackles it as well there's a lot of almost you know in the sense of like this close to getting signed. This oh, close dude, to this. Yeah, that Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, we are almost. Yeah, I was going to say, how many? <laughs> can you think of how many? And, and is there any fun like well, memories? It, it's from- all been really cool, but it's it's you know, 
a tremendous amount of opportunities come our way. And I think had it not been for the shifts that occurred in, in, in sort of parallel in the industry, we talked about this on uh, Sunday night, was right around the time the advent of the digital download really crushed the business model of the traditional record industry, the um, conglomeration of media was happening as well. Mm-hmm. So um, radio stations lost their ability to just you know deviate from a corporate playlist and things sure. of that nature. So all this kind of, it was like the perfect storm all happened at once and it eliminated a lot of opportunity. That cause financial resources within the record industry to dry up and therefore the days of hey man let's sign 10 bands throw them out there and see which one sticks are gone mm-hmm. you have to have something that's truly proven financially um, for them to even aerial quotes take a chance on you right so it's a much more challenging time so as these opportunities came our way they came our way at a time when it was like man we love the band we love the music how many records they sold eh, a couple thousand. Oh, we can't do that hmm. okay we love the band we love the you know and it was always one thing after another where you know we didn't have enough ammunition in our gun to say look this is sort of a no-brainer and anymore unless you get really lucky i mean basically it's all luck, and it's the right place at the right time, and it's sure. a lightning strike, right? But you can create your own lightning strikes. There are some artists out there today that certainly got lucky and got the right opportunity at the right time or knew the right person and had the right channel or avenue. That um, is not to say that guys in our position that maybe don't have that can't work our butts off to create that lightning strike. Even the relationship that we've developed with you guys as friends and as some, you know, a group of people that truly support us. Right. Um, we're putting our big chunk of rebar in the beach. Like, hey man, you know, it's Central Florida, lightning's gonna hit this thing. Uh, so all those opportunities that came our way were, were great learning experiences. Um, and I think the reason that the doors didn't open further than they did was just that the industry had changed so much. It was mm-hmm. like, God, we love these guys. But the bean counter at the top heard it and went, man, they're killer. Just a little bit too great of a risk. Tell them to keep in touch because they really are on to something. And it's yeah. like, oh, man, if we had been able to say, hey, you know, we've sold 25,000 records instead of 10,000 records completely independently, that would have been the day. Dude, it's 25,000 units? And they right. got radio play in four major markets? Yeah, let's get behind this. But you have to, the joke within our camp became, you almost have to make it on your own Mm -hmm. to make it. It's not like back in the day where, hey, this is great. Let's get them picked up. Let's get them on the road. Let's get a single on the radio. And all that's coming out of somebody's pocket, bro. Well, like you even said, there's no pocket anymore. If this was 20 years ago, you guys would be on a label and it wouldn't be no. Oh, dude. It wouldn't even, nothing to sneeze at. But these days, like you said, the world of streaming, the world of. Digital downloads. I mean, it's a whole the new animal. The landscape has changed dramatically, and it's it's interesting that a lot of a lot of musicians truly don't realize just how dramatically the landscape has changed, and they find themselves wondering why their music community is suffering, their music scene suffering, why these great bands that are phenomenal that put on really well attended shows and put out fantastic records aren't getting even management or agents behind them. Um, Tony brings up frequently, like you look at the big festivals, and it's always the same bands every yep. year. Well, these mm-hmm. were bands that were developed back when you could pour millions of dollars into developing an artist. I mean, how you mentioned that doesn't happen anymore, man. You mentioned REM. Think about that band's story it took what six records before yeah before losing my religion became you know made them a household name well but i mean i i loved them back during you know document even even in the (laughs) 80s when there was money available man like guns and roses was signed yeah um 
Pearl Jam was signed as well. I think it was two to two and a half years of yeah. them out on the road working radio and then, of course, sure. the MTV market before the album, quote, broke, right? Most of these bands that if they. But they had support. They had support. They wouldn't have that support now if they weren't. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, no. Pearl Jam would not have been. You're going to tell me Primus gets a record deal in 2016? <laughs> and I love Primus. They're my an incredible artist, but someone's going to go, oh, that doesn't sound enough like Nickelback. Well, we're going to lose our butts on this. <laughs> yeah. And that's the sad reality. You're yeah. telling me Led Zeppelin gets a record deal in 2016? Oh, I don't know for sure. No, it's a whole because different Because these guys are like, look, uh, if we don't make these, cor- it's it's become so corporate. And then there's a thing that goes on as well where even within a label, it's like, okay, well, rock had a bad quarter, but R&B had a great quarter. So let's put Carl over in R&B over in rock and see what he can do there. Well, that works great at a telecom, but when you're talking about music, that doesn't work, man. Right, right. The guy from R&B doesn't understand the marketplace, doesn't understand the audience, doesn't know what's going to stick. It's not his taste. It's not his thing. But they look at it from a business perspective of, he had a great quarter, so let's put him over here so he can turn rock around with for us. With a business mentality. That right. doesn't work. Um and so it's, you know, we're, we find ourselves at a crossroads, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's why a band like ours has hovered at this right at the edge of getting a great opportunity for so long, just because there's not as many opportunities out there. And even the people within the industry that love us can't afford to take a chance until we can really demonstrate sure. that this is something that'll work. And what's cool is right now, there's such a tremendous energy and excitement and buzz about what we've got going on with the film, with the new album, with the Kickstarter the, too, I would imagine. Dude, oh yeah. You know, in a dude, weird way, I'm sure that helped like that, that endears the eye opener, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I'm on label, if I'm anybody, a management company, it's like, these guys got enough money $23,000. In less than a month. Right, to record. You know, we're trying to literally build it as such to where it becomes a package like, here's the material. I hope you like the material. Here's a, a film. Here's all these things we bring to the table where it sort of becomes, I, I hate to use the term undeniable, but look, mm-hmm. if you give us just an inch, we can give you back a mile. The only thing we're asking, we don't really even need the financial support. Put us out on the road, we can prove that if you put, it, put us in front of audiences, we'll we, have the, we have the documented metrics to prove that we will generate revenue, just put us in front of an audience, and it works. Mm-hmm. We can actually show that now. So the hope is, you know, the record came out great. We're excited about it. We've got the film, which is getting hundreds of views a day, and we haven't even really re-announced that it's out there. I mean, uh, I did once. You yeah. did once. Okay. It's so It's Tony's fault that's getting once. hundreds of views. Well, you know. <laughs> take, take all that, that there's statement. A lot I, can't, of momentum, I can't accept that now. <laughs> a lot of momentum and excitement right now. There's a lot of energy, um, more than I've ever felt. As well, long I'm pumped as for you guys. This. I'm just... Yeah, you know, I'm bystander. It's but, I mean, I, I, well, not you guys are involved, man. Yeah. You know. Well, it's funny because I got to talk to some people that have either in bands or guys that recorded bands, and they're always like, hey, "How can I get this band on the radio?" I'm like, "Man, it's just not that easy." It's not the yeah. way. And I use a lot of times. I'll use like you guys as an example. I'm like, these guys are a perfect example of it. They they bust their ass. They put out a great product. I can't play their music like you know just in the morning just as much as I would love to. But I sure as hell can talk about them and share my experience and share my connection. That's I think is one of the few things, as long as we have an opportunity to use our voices, we can still spread the word, yeah. and then hopefully someone will be like, man, Steve doesn't shut up about this window pane band. Maybe I should go check out their stuff. Then it's yeah. a success story, because I think it's like, sometimes I think that could even be more powerful than even a song being played, because yeah. it's like, you know, there's an endorsement from somebody who maybe somebody respects their opinion. Maybe Certainly not me. really appreciate that. Man. But you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, I love he throws in, maybe not me. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, maybe not. I mean, if, if they, based on my movie reviews, maybe they won't. Uh, but you know, <laughs> that that's I think that's something that I, I try and tell bands that are trying to and bands that listen to this podcast. I'm like, look, this is the best way you can do it right now. You got to kind of work the system and, yeah. and and 
deliver a great product and, and, and bust your ass, and you hope that somebody is going to notice it and be your advocate. And I think you guys, fortunately, because of what you guys do and you deliver something like, I have no problem saying, hey, I need a good show to go go check out. I'm like, go see Window Pane. I know if I send someone to go see you guys, they're not going to email me back and be like, man, those guys just stared at their shoes and kind of just <laughs> mailed it in. You, you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's, it's part of the like the whole the documentary being called There's No Such Thing as a Record Label Fairy. That was sort of a, a joke that we developed among a group of friends where you know, you've know got so many tremendous musicians, right? And they get together, they write an album, they record that album, and then what do they do with it? And so the, the sort of joke was, yeah, you put it under your pillow and you wait for the record label ferry and the record label ferry comes and you get a tour bus and a two million dollar deal and but that's what we've seen and it's remarkable within our own communities is how many musicians truly understand how much work you need to put into this so we'll get a great band that hits us up and like man we would do anything to play with window pane and we're like sure man we only do about four or five shows a year in this market that's right. intentional to guarantee our that but we self-promote too we've gotten to a point where we needed to we need to be getting more out of these events. We've been ripped off too many times. We self-promote. So if you're going to come to this event, here's what we ask. You know, can you guys move maybe 100 to 150 pre-sale tickets? They go, what? You right. want us to go sell tickets? Well, no, yeah, no. we sell tickets. Right. I drive around as the singer of Window Pane and deliver tickets. Yes, man. Yeah. You you have to create the because we're on the whole. They unlock the doors and we're in the hole. Eight grand, bro. Just because mm-hmm. they unchain the doors, we're not even talking about fees and taxes. You have no idea what's going on here. So what we ask is that you get out there and hustle and promote your. Don't you want to get out there and hustle and promote your band? No, mm-hmm. they want to ride your coattails. Dude, they're shocked that we ask them, and I hate to be that way, but they're shocked that we ask them to work. And I remember for. About a year, I was a booker at a club in town, and, and I couldn't even get bands to send me posters. And these are the same bands that were like, yeah, man, like, and I'll be like, well, I got a Thursday night. Oh, man, like, Carl works in the morning, man. We, we can't play a Thursday, bro. I thought we'd get a Saturday. And I remember when I moved to this city, and I had to fight and kick and scream to get a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't bring 40, 50 people on a Wednesday, you could forget a Thursday. And if you couldn't consistently bring 40, 50, 60 people out on a Thursday, you'll never ever gonna see a Friday mm-hmm. fast forward nowadays your first show is on a Saturday night and, yeah. and people wonder why no one's coming out these these bands and I think social media had a lot to do with it back in the day you didn't have social media well, I put up a post about the show I don't know why no one came you had to go out and hustle and beg people right. yeah, to come a, yeah. you had stapling to a poster on a pole is really not gonna yeah. do all that much and, and I would I would yeah. say to anyone listening that's going man it's not fair window panes up there with Steve right now doing a podcast you know how we got here we Hustled. We worked watch our butt. Watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. We work, and this is a full time job, and you won't make a cent at it. But if right. you love it, pour yourself yeah. into it and work, man. Work. You want people to come to your show? Work for it. Work for it. You want to get to know bands? Go out to their shows. Pay five bucks to get in and meet them. You can't. You can't become a successful musician from your iPhone. Hmm. Man, just, dude, I, I feel like. Every band that's starting. Sorry right for now. the rant. No, I'm, dude. <laughs> oh, I did not, I did totally not expect that, and I wish that you would. I wish more bands would hear that. And yeah. like, like Rev said, it, it is enlightening. I love local music. I support local music. I've I got, I've got the Upwell disc in my car right now. If you haven't heard that record, it's incredible. I mean, I'm a big fan and advocate of the Seattle music scene, and there is so much talent. Um, and there are talented bands out there that know how to hustle. There are, but there are a lot more that just don't. Um, well, you got a few bands on the bill on Saturday that 
are yeah. absolute hustlers. Yeah, I mean, and, that's and how we good, met Van Epps, man. Great yeah. guys. We've had him on our podcast oh, before. Awesome. Amanda Hardy, she's been a part oh, of this yeah, radio dude. station We've been before. We've to do a show with her And for a Clover Jane. Clover yeah. Jane. Had yeah, them awesome. on our podcast, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, noticing a trend. Oh, look at that. Yes. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, those JT. are bands who work hard, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and and you just said it. They've all been on the podcast. Now, how did that happen? Not that Amanda Hardy, though. I won't have her. I'd have her on in a heartbeat, though. I think she's amazing. She is so talented. And she's got amazing things ahead of her. And then you also have the the, the door alive she cried alive she uh-huh. cried it's a doors tribute and yep. uh, yeah they're, well, they're they're great man we're gonna do this after hours part but yeah to uh to a go back just just like one more thing I don't think that there is any other industry where there is a more common and uh, a misperception of how it happens. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Put- there, there, I mean, dude, all of those films, right? You know, well, so this guy walks into a club and he's got this suit and go, wow, I'm going to make her a star. And bam. And the next scene of the movie, he's on a tour bus and playing, you know, Key Arena. Even right. the dude, music, that doesn't happen. And especially these days, you know, yeah. Yeah. All the old, uh, like, oh, behind the music, you know, and they're like, well, so we were out there playing clubs. We made a poster. We yeah. hung it up. You know, well, anyway, we got our deal with Warner Brother we Records. And we're on the road with, you know, the we put our dong in a burrito and, and had sex like, with the same girl. Uh, Dude, yeah, and yeah. it's like, wow, man, whoa, you guys skipped, whoa, you skipped a major part of your chapter, bro. Yeah. What what happened in between there? You know, and I was sitting there watching those when I was a, a kid going, okay, whoa, whoa, how did you get to deal with Warner? What do you mean? Right. You know, well, we were playing the clubs. Well, that's neat, but you know, There's so many it. people these days, you know, the, uh, the industry dropped 64% between... Uh, two thousand or no, between 1999 and 2009, 64%. And so they had to cut everybody. There's no more scouts out there. There isn't guys looking, you know, on the streets, going to clubs. Hey, who's the big band? Let's go check them out like it used to be. It's funny you say all this because it's like it's very um, parallel to the radio world. Uh, because a lot of people, same thing, like bands, they, I'll just put, get a bunch of guys together. We'll get all these great shows. Same, I mean, we could all attest to this. Like, how many times you run into somebody and like, oh, you work in radio? Yeah, I think you know, one day when I'm not working, I might just get that as a job too. Like, you know, I like yeah. to talk. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it happens. It's that easy. That people like fun. listening. Let's yeah. do that. There's no grind. There's no. <laughs> Working overnight, oh, there's no dude, this, yeah. there's no that, and it's the same thing. Like, you know, the days of having giant staffs, you know, weekend yeah. talent, it's all gone. It's like, but yeah. you have to make the adjustments, and you're you have to figure it out. Yeah, and dude, you guys when, not, right. when a, we were kids, there were there were literally like eight levels to save the princess. Right, we're on level number twenty six right now, wondering <laughs> when where the hell she is. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> nice. yeah, and I can't stop for dinner because it won't let me save here. All right. <laughs> story just recently there's somebody yeah. who put Rev you probably know because it's Geek Nation stuff yeah. somebody put a video game on pause because they didn't want to they didn't want to turn it off and it was like oh yeah and they had it on pause for like 20 years or something yeah, like that yeah it was that. a game that wouldn't save and I can't remember the name of it but it was yeah they just it had it for like their Nintendo or their Sega that. and it wouldn't didn't have it didn't have a pause feature didn't have a save feature it actually feature. paused that long yeah and he just kept it and it was I mean it was one of the old school it was like a Genesis or something yeah. that was actually kind of built like a brick you didn't have to worry about it like going away wow yeah man that, dude, yeah. that, that says a lot about that manufacturer doesn't it yeah. that says that's a, a lot about that good guy. software it turns out it was Metroid, and then at the end he takes the helmet off, and you're like, "What is that? Is it male? Is it female? There's red hair. What am I looking at?" There's only like 10 percent of the world that gets that joke. But I remember beating I Metroid. I would go to the mall and buy the book, and I sat with the book, and I conquered Metroid. And at the end, the little guy takes his helmet off, and I'm like, "Well, what? I can't even tell what I'm looking at, man. Is that one of those things from Aliens? What is that?" Sorry, it was a Super Nintendo. It was. Yeah, 
Uh, you know what else is amazing? I found it right on. How did that house not go out of power once? Well, imagine his wife cleaning and he's like, stay away from that thing. Yeah, yeah do, do not plug <laughs> it in that outlet. Yeah, yeah, they, going, they will uh, not find your body if you unplug that. I'd be freaking out if it was like a rainstorm or like anything. <laughs> oh, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> People are losing power. <laughs> Get the generator. <laughs> <laughs> the game is on pause. Like, at what point? Wow, man. Maybe you have like, you know, finishing issues. Finish the damn game. Finishing issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not only is it a porn joke, it's a great band name. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do one more song before we roll out of here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Your guys' choice. Pick oh, one, man. bro. Uh, do we want a rocker or a, a ballad? I think a rocker. Oh, yeah, yeah Toppy wants a rock. Toppy wants a rock. Toppy, man, look at the back of the pew, pew choose, bro. Oh, this will be good. Watch he picks Ooh, the I've one. I've been getting out of trouble this way for years. Like, about, Toppy, uh, man, what do you think? Does um, I I never minded. Rock? I never minded. Yes, it rocks. Sure. Go for rock. it. Rock. Rock. Right. That would be great. Like, oh, let's hear Lady yeah. Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, that first, and like I'm like, mm, no. I thought he was going to go with that because it's a girl's name. <laughs> That's the name of the thing in Metroid when it takes his helmet off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come along, come along. It's a hell of a ride. Nice. Well, come along, Good pick, come Toppy. Along, take a look what's inside. Come along, we can move, we can cut, we can bleed. Come along, we can hide, we can smother our bleed. Well, I know she knows. I know she knows. Hey, well, I wanna find it all. I wanna find it all. Throw it away. Hey, well, I never mind it all. I never mind it all. I love how we all talk during the beautiful ballad. Right. And then we put on the rock song and we just shut up. Right, we're all just jamming. <laughs> we're all just wanting to rock out, man. <laughs> what happens when you get balls in your face? You can't talk. You know, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure, man. Yikes. Wow. We're trying to confirm now whether or not this is the Les Paul that Stone played on Even Flow, by the way. I believe that is the drumstick that Dave Curzon used. I'm going to text from Stone. No. Pick up destiny. For those that aren't able to go to the show to buy the record, uh, where can they get it? I mean, obviously, I. Uh, you can go but... to windowpane.net. Okay, and, and you can order a, a CD. Yeah, uh, uh, iTunes. It'll be up on there soon. Uh, yeah. You can also see the the, the film. There's yep. no such it's thing free. as the record label fairy. The full windowpane documentary. It's an hour and and a half feature, and it goes from everything from us starting out in the basement all the way to touring with Five Finger Death Punch all over North America. Everything. It's, was... it's all in there. It's it's as much of an honest story as we could possibly tell about what it's like to watch. This path. I think any band new, like a local band coming up, should watch it because I think it's like no different than hearing what you guys said earlier. I think there was a lot of great words of wisdom, and there's, there's inspiring words, but there's also real, real talk. 
Oh, and, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to be completely straightforward. We're not trying to look cool in that thing. We're going, dude. This is, mm-hmm. this is it. Well, this Mark, is what Mark it's looks like. cool all the time. Well, of course, man. That ain't cool. It, yeah, it's, it's usually that if you yeah. watch it. Sort of man, that's not cool. My sister called me. She's like, I watched your movie. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. She was like, you know, even if I didn't know you, I, it was so compelling, so well done. I'm like, yeah, Tony did a fantastic job. And she's like, Glenn, it's. It's so tragic. <laughs> yeah. And you gotta realize that we're discussing the story of my life. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thanks, sis. Yeah, that's kinda that's kinda what happened. And she's like, yeah, it's just it's just so tragic. I'm like, well, I'm I'm gonna go drink now, but listen, I'll call tomorrow. <laughs> tell mom and dad. <laughs> if I call in a few hours, don't answer. I love I'm you, drunk buddy. and I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, once again, congratulations. Great hey, record. Thank you. Thanks for having us Thanks, up today, man. man. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I hope for anyone who is in the band, this is probably ra- rather informational. Uh, and, and hopefully a good kick in the ass for anybody out there that wants to get their music heard. We had a, I had a great talk with uh, one of the cats from Jesus Wears Armani. They're an awesome band. And he literally had said, dude, we watched your documentary as a band and went, oh, okay, these are the things we need to change about what we're doing. And I was like, oh, dude, really? And then we power drank and had a great time. But yeah, I mean, it was that was huge. I, cut, I called Tony right away. I'm like, you're not going to believe this, man. I'm kicking with the Jesus. And this is what they just told me. Like, they watched cool. it and went, oh, man, you know what? We need to address this, 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 and this. And it really made them look at how they were approaching their career. And that was really flattering. Love you guys, by the way, Rich. Love you, buddy. Um, really, really flattering to know that they watched it and went, man, here's what we should do different. And that's cool. That what an you know if yeah. if we can give that to one person, which we did, that's amazing, man. That's amazing for us. So very, very, very cool. And I think uh, a lot of people are going to be very impressed by what you guys are putting out. I hope so. I, I, uh, thank congratulations you, thank on the you. great record. Thank and you, uh, this Saturday, uh, Showbox at the Market. I'll be there. I know a bunch of people from the station are going to be there. We're going to have a great time. We're going to celebrate your music. Uh, all of us investors, we expect a couple dollars when we leave. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. If you see me crying out in front of the venue, it means that we didn't come out in the black. That's right. We will sign your package. <laughs> Duh. Appreciate well, I that. I do want to throw out, we have some cool pro- uh, surprises planned for during the set, too. Some musical surprises that, uh, oh. that we're looking yeah. forward to deploying on the crowd. Any It'll, hints? No, um, it, but you're definitely going to go, no. And then a second later, you're Kanye. like, oh, wow, they're really going to do this. Yeah, well, we had to buy an auto. We couldn't afford to buy an auto tuner, so we can't do any Kanye. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to just go, but I didn't think people would buy it. Oh, man. I would. You got two right here. Bonus track, that bitch. Well, thank you, guys. Congratulations. We'll see you on Saturday. I love you guys. guys. I'm very proud of what you guys put out. I think, man, I'm very, very proud of you guys for this record. You guys, you you helped make it happen. The station helped make it happen. Thank you, guys. By me saying I'm proud of you, I'm really proud of myself. (laughs) Thank yourself, man. Thank Thank yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Let's get out of here. Josh, my man in the back, putting baby in the corner. We appreciate you coming in. Thank you for listening to the mix cast. Did you want to say hi to anybody real quick? I just say thank you for having me in this morning and now and... It's awesome. And you got a copy of the window pane record. Sure did. I saw you banging your head in the corner. That's awesome. That's nice. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, uh, thank you. And yeah, let's, let's roll out of you. here, Top Shelf. All right, the whole way? That's it. We're out of here. Oh, man. Big Whoa. thanks to uh, Charlotte from the WWE for joining us this week as Hell well. Oh, yeah. That's right. We only, we only bring in the pretty people when we have a podcast. We got <laughs> Antonio and Charlotte. That's not true. <laughs> 
doing that thing with your lips? Yeah. <laughs> Next week on the Migs Cast, we've got Brent Smith from Shinedown. He's going to be joining us. They're going to be at the Paramount Theater on March 2nd. They got a new record, Threat to Survival. That should be a lot of fun. So for you Shinedown fans out there, Brent Smith from Shinedown, frontman. He'll be with us. That should be a lot of fun. All right. For Top Show, Rev, Mono Nick, Josh, Tony, Glenn, and the other guys, Mark, <laughs> Sean. They're not here, but I feel like we got to give them props. The other guys. Uh, poor guys had to work. The rhythm section. <laughs> That's not true. They're hungover and sleeping, man. <laughs> They're in a hot tub limo with a bunch of chicks, just like all the behind the musics. We're on the wrong end of this. They said Thank you for listening to the Mix Cast. Stay positive. Uh, much love. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.